millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, and welcome to the final day of Waterloo Remembered. It's Thursday the 18th of June 2020, the 205th anniversary of the Battle of Waterloo. Today should be given over not to debate about the finer points of the battle and its legacy, but to remembrance. Over the course of around 10 hours, 205 years ago today, an estimated 60,000 people died in the last great battle of the Napoleonic Wars. In that spirit of remembrance, all the podcast releases today are devoted to the final 11 readings of the Voices from the Battlefield series. Where possible, these readings are being released in real time, in other words, at the exact moments that the events that they describe took place, so that you can hear the experiences of these men as they unfolded. The first reading for today comes from the Duke of Wellington, and is the full dispatch, the official letter, that he wrote to inform the British government about what had happened at Waterloo. The Waterloo dispatch is an important letter, not only revealing Wellington's perspective of the battle, but also setting the tone of how Waterloo has been remembered. The dispatch was an official piece of correspondence. Wellington knew that it would appear in newspapers across the country, and that would have influenced the tone of the account, although he was never inclined to embellish or exaggerate. His more emotional comments come from private letters and conversations. What is noticeable is that the Prussians receive relatively little mention. Their involvement at Waterloo, although acknowledged, was limited to a paragraph and a half. This has been a point of contention ever since. Was it reasonable to expect Wellington to write more when his purpose was to report on his actions to the British government rather than relate what had happened to both armies? Did Wellington downplay the role of the Prussians to garner more glory? Personally, I'm sceptical about the last suggestion, but what really matters is that what follows is the original, though by no means definitive, account of the Waterloo campaign. The letter is addressed to Earl Bathurst, Secretary of State for War and the Colonies, and is dated Brussels, 19th of June, 1815. Bonaparte, having collected the 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th and 6th Corps of the French Army, and the Imperial Guard, and nearly all of the cavalry on the Sambre, 
and between that river and the Meuse, between the 10th and 14th of the month, advanced on the 15th and attacked the Prussian posts at Thuen and Loeb, on the Sambre, at daylight in the morning. I did not hear of these events till the evening of the 15th, and I immediately ordered the troops to prepare to march, and afterwards to march to their left, as soon as I had intelligence from other quarters to prove that the enemy's movements upon Charlois were the real attack. The enemy drove the Prussian posts from the Sambre on that day, and General Scython, who commanded the corps which had been at Charlois, retired upon Fleurus, and Marshal Prince Blücher concentrated the Prussian army upon Sambref, holding the villages in front of his position at Saint-Armand and Ligny. The enemy continued his march along the road from Charlois towards Brussels, and, on the same evening, the 15th, attacked a brigade of the Army of the Netherlands under the Prince de Weimar, posted at Frasnay, and forced it back to the farmhouse on the same road called Les Quatre Bras. The Prince of Orange immediately reinforced this brigade with another of the same division under General Papancha, and, in the morning early, regained part of the ground which had been lost, so as to have the command of the communication leading from Nivelle and Brussels with Marshal Blücher's position. In the meantime, I had directed the whole army to march upon Les Quatre Bras, and the 5th Division, under Lieutenant General Sir Thomas Picton, arrived at about 2.30pm in the day, followed by the Corps of Troops under the Duke of Brunswick, and afterwards by the contingent of Nassau. At this time, the enemy commenced an attack upon Prince Blücher with the whole of his force, excepting the 1st and 2nd Corps, and a Corps of Cavalry under General Kellerman, with which he attacked our post at Les Quatre Bras. The Prussian army maintained their position, with their usual gallantry and perseverance against a great disparity of numbers, as the 4th Corps of their army under General Bulau had not joined, and I was not able to, to assist them as I wished. I was attacked myself, and the troops, the cavalry in particular, which had a long distance to march, had not arrived. We maintained our position also, and completely defeated and repulsed all the enemy's attempts to get possession of it. The enemy repeatedly attacked us with a large body of infantry and cavalry, supported by numerous and powerful artillery. He made several charges with the cavalry upon our infantry, but all were repulsed in the steadiest manner. In this affair, His Royal Highness the Prince of Orange, the Duke of Brunswick, and Lieutenant General Sir Thomas Picton, and Major Generals Sir Kempt and Sir Dennis Pack, who were engaged from the commencement of the enemy's action, highly distinguished themselves, as well as Lieutenant General Baron Alton, Major General Sir Colin Halkett, and Lieutenant General Cook, and Major Generals Maitland and Bing, as they successively arrived. The troops of the 5th Division, and those of the Brunswick Corps, were long and severely engaged, and conducted themselves with the utmost gallantry. I must particularly mention the 28th, 42nd, 79th and 92nd regiments, and the battalion of Hanoverians. Our loss was great, as your lordship will perceive from the enclosed return, and I have particularly to regret His Serene Highness the Duke of Brunswick, who fell fighting gallantly at the head of his troops. Although Marshal Blücher maintained his position at Sombref, he still found himself much weakened by the severity of the contest in which he had been engaged, and, as the 4th Corps had not arrived, he determined to fall back and to concentrate his army upon Vavre, and he marched in the night after the action was over. This movement from the Marshal rendered necessary a corresponding one upon my part, and I retired from the farm of Catchabra upon Genappe, and thence upon Waterloo, the next morning the 17th, at 10 o'clock. The enemy made no effort to pursue Marshal Blücher, 
On the contrary, a patrol I sent to Sombref in the morning found all quiet, and the enemy vedettes fell back as the patrol advanced. Neither did he attempt to molest our march to the rear, although made in the middle of the day, excepting by following, with a large body of cavalry brought from his right, the cavalry under the Earl of Uxbridge. This gave Lord Uxbridge an opportunity to charge them with the first lifeguards, upon which occasion his lordship has declared himself to be well satisfied with that regiment. The position which I took up in front of Waterloo crossed the high roads from Charlois and Nivelle, and had its right thrown back to a ravine near Merck Bren, which was occupied, and its left extended to a height above the hamlet of Terre La Haye, which was likewise occupied. In front of the centre, and near the Nivelle Road, we occupied the house and gardens of Hougoumont, which covered the return of that flank, and in the front of the left centre, we occupied the farm of La Haysant. By our left, we communicated with Marshal Prince Blücher at Vavre through Ohain, and Mar the Marshal had promised me that in case we should be attacked, he would support me with one or more corps, as might be necessary. The enemy collected his army, with the exception of the Third Corps, which had been sent to observe Marshal Blücher, on a range of heights in our front, in the course of the night and of the 17th, and yesterday morning, and at about 10 o'clock he commenced a furious attack upon our post at Hougoumont. I had occupied that post with a detachment of General Bing's Brigade of Guards, which was in position in its rear, and it was for some time under the command of Lieutenant Colonel MacDonnell, and afterwards Colonel Home, and I am happy to add that it was maintained throughout the day with the utmost gallantry by these brave troops, notwithstanding the repeated efforts of large bodies of the enemy to obtain possession of it. This attack upon our right of our centre was accompanied by a very heavy cannonade upon our whole line, which was destined to support the repeated attacks of cavalry and infantry, occasionally mixed, but sometimes separate, which were made upon it. In one of these, the enemy carried the farm of La Haye-Saint, as the detachment of the light battalion of German Legion, which occupied it, had expended all its ammunition, and the enemy occupied the only communication there was with it. The enemy repeatedly charged our infantry with his cavalry, but these attacks were uniformly unsuccessful, and they afforded opportunities to our cavalry to charge, in one of which Lord Somerset's brigade, consisting of the Life Guards and Royal Horse Guards and First Dragoon Guards, highly distinguished themselves, as did that of Major General Sir William Ponsonby, having taken many prisoners and an eagle. These attacks were repeated till about seven in the evening, when the enemy made a desperate effort with cavalry and infantry, supported by the fire of artillery, to force our left centre near the farm of La Haysant, which, after a severe contest, was defeated, and, having observed that the troops retired from this attack in great confusion, and that the march of General Bulau's corps, by Frichemont, upon Plancenoit and La Belle Alliance, had begun to take effect, and, as I perceived the fire of his cannon, and, as Mar Marshal Prince Blücher had joined in person with the corps of his army, to the left of our line by Ohain, I determined to attack the enemy, and immediately advanced the whole line of infantry, supported by the cavalry and artillery. The attack succeeded in every point. The enemy was forced from his position on the heights, and fled in the utmost confusion, leaving behind him, as far as I could judge, 150 pieces of cannon with their ammunition, which fell into our hands. I continued the pursuit till long after dark, and then discontinued it only on account of the fatigue of our troops, 
who had been engaged during 12 hours, and because I found myself on the same road as Marshal Blücher, who assured me of his intention to follow the enemy throughout the night. He has sent me word this morning that he had taken 60 pieces of cannon belonging to the Imperial Guard, and several carriages, baggages, baggage and so on, belonging to Bonaparte in Genappe. I propose to move this morning upon Nivelle, and not to discontinue my operations. Your Lordship will observe that such a desperate action could not be fought, and such advantage could not be gained, without great loss. And I am sorry to add that ours has been immense. In Lieutenant General Sir Thomas Picton, His Majesty has sustained the loss of an officer who has frequently distinguished himself in his services, and he fell gloriously leading his division to a charge with bayonet, by which one of the most serious attacks made by the enemy on our position was repulsed. The Earl of Uxbridge, after having successfully got through this arduous day, received a wound by almost the last shot fired, which will, I am afraid, deprive His Majesty for some time of his services. His Royal Highness, the Prince of Orange, distinguished himself by his gallantry and conduct, till he received a wound from a musket ball through the shoulder, which obliged him to quit the field. It gives me the greatest satisfaction to assure your Lordship that the army never, upon any, con any occasion, conducted itself better. The Division of Guards, under Lieutenant General Cook, who was severely wounded, Major General Maitland and Major General Bing, set an example which was followed by all, and there is no officer, nor description of troops, that did not behave well. I must, however, particularly mention, for His Royal Highness's approbation, Lieutenant General Sir Henry Clinton, Major General Adam, Lieutenant General Baron Alton, severely wounded, Major General Sir Colin Halkett, severely wounded, Colonel Omtada, Colonel Mitchell, commanding a brigade of the 4th Division, Major Generals Sir John Kempt and Sir Dennis Pact, Major General Lambert, Major General Edward Somerset, Major General Sir William Ponsonby, Major General Grant, Major General Vivian, Major General Vandeleur, and Major General Count Dornberg. I am also particularly indebted to General Lord Hill for his assistance and conduct upon this, as upon all former occasions. The artillery and engineer departments were conducted much to my satisfaction by Colonel Sir G. Wood and Colonel Smith, and I had every reason to be satisfied with the conduct of Adjutant General Major General Barnes, who was wounded, and of Quartermaster General Colonel De Lancey, who was killed by a cannon shot in the middle of the action. This officer is a serious loss to His Majesty's service, and to me at this moment. I was likewise much indebted to the assistance of Lieutenant Colonel Lord Fitzroy Somerset, who was severely wounded, and of officers composing my personal staff, who have suffered severely in this action. Lieutenant Colonel the Honourable Sir Alex Gordon, who has died of his wounds, was a most promising officer, and is a serious loss to His Majesty's service. General Cruz, of the Nassau service, likewise conducted himself much to my satisfaction, as did General Tripp, commanding the Heavy Brigade of Cavalry, and General Van Hope, commanding a brigade of infantry in the service of the King of the Netherlands. General Pozo de Borgo, General Baron Vincent, General Muffling, and General Alava were in the field during the action and rendered me every assistance in their power. Baron Vincent is wounded, but I hope not severely, and General Pozo de Borgo received a contusion. I should not do justice to my own feelings, or to Marshal Blücher and the Prussian army, if I did not attribute the successful result of this arduous day to the cordial and timely assistance I received from them. The operation of General Bulau upon the enemy's flank was a most decisive one, 
and even if I had not found myself in a situation to make the attack which produced the final result, it would have forced the enemy to retire if his attacks should have failed, and would have prevented him from taking advantage of them if they should unfortunately have succeeded. Since writing the above, I have received a report that Major General Sir William Ponsonby is killed, and in announcing its intelligence to your lordship, I have to add the expression of my grief for the fate of an officer who had already rendered very brilliant and important services, and was an ornament to his profession. I send with this dispatch three eagles taken by the troops in this action, which Major Percy will have the honour of laying at the feet of His Royal Highness. I beg leave to recommend him to your Lordship's protection. That was the Waterloo Dispatch, written by the Duke of Wellington immediately after the Battle of Waterloo. You can hear previous instalments of the Voices from the Battlefield series here on the Napoleonicist, and fresh readings will be released throughout the day. You can stay up to date with all of the Waterloo Remembered discussion, releases and live tweets about the battle by searching the hashtag Waterloo Remembered or the Twitter account at said white history. Also remember that you can attend a virtual memorial service delivered by the Reverend Stephen Fletcher, which will be live streamed on YouTube and is free for all to attend at 11 o'clock today. Just search Waterloo Association on YouTube and the Reverend will begin the service at 11 o'clock. Alternatively, you can click the link at the napoleonicwars.net. As part of that service, at 11.30 today, the moment that the French batteries opened fire on the Anglo-Dutch army at Waterloo, we will be holding a one-minute silence to remember the fallen. I hope you will be able to find the time to join us. This has been Voices from the Battlefield for Waterloo Remembered, brought to you by the Napoleonicist. Take care, stay safe, and thanks for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.